Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. You're very welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheehan with you until 4 o'clock. Now, after the shadow boxing and trial selections of the pre-season competitions, the new GEA season swings into action next weekend with the return of the National Football and Hurling Leagues. Meath's footballers find themselves operating out of the top division for the first time in 14 years and face a difficult-looking trip to Oma in their opening game. Loud, for their part, opened their Division 3 account away to a Longford side boosted by that O'Byrne Cup final win yesterday. We'll discuss the Wee County's prospects a little bit later on with Colin Kelly, but to talk about Meath's return to Division 1 is Donica Boyle of the Irish Independent. Donica, Meath back in with the big boys at last. From the moment they secured promotion last year, everybody knew that Division 1 was going to be a huge test. Now, that task has been made look a lot more difficult by the news this week that Mickey Newman will be missing for the entire campaign. He was top scorer last year. Is this a bigger blow for me as it seems, or do you think that they can cope without him? I think that we're going to have to be able to ship a few body blows anyway, Dave. You know, um, the way the league is with the first three weekends coming one after the other, it was very unlikely we're going to come through all of those with a clean bill of health. Now, it is obviously a blow in terms of experience, a bit of uh, the fact that he was top scorer last year too. Um, But, you know... It is, it's a cliche, but it does open the door for somebody else to come in. And I suppose the one, uh, the the man who took up that mantle last year was Shane Walsh. So he'll have a, a full pre-season under his belt now and he would look to be the obvious uh, like-for-like replacement, I suppose, there at full forward for Mickey. So, look, it's, it's, uh, they're, in a, they're in a very tricky spot. Um, Division 1 is a bit of a, I think, the ascent from between the divisions is steeper from Division One to Two, and you know away to Oma, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it, it they really have to hit the ground running, don't they? To if you lose the first couple of games, you could be uh, you could be on the pressure very quickly, which is not where you want to be when your team's trying to learn on the hoof. Yeah, that's true. I suppose the the thing that maybe surprises or certainly surprised me when I saw the numbers from last year, Mickey Newman was top scorer. Obviously, that won't surprise anybody given that he was hitting the freeze and everything. But Brian Menton was the second highest scorer, so that maybe doesn't reflect too well on the other Meath forwards. So not just Shane Walsh, who you mentioned there, but the other lads who've been there, who've been established, and we've got Don Lennon hopefully coming back in if he's fit for next weekend as well. But those lads all need to step up there as well. Yeah, there's going to have to be the 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 load will have to be shared. And again, you know that's probably another the, the the things with the uh, with the step up between divisions. Um, there, everyone, all there's more better footballers across the pitch in a variety of positions, and they can all do more things. And I think there's a lot of scope for improvement in that mid team. In fairness, like Division Two is, you know, you can throw a blanket over all those teams in terms of, you know, their ability. And I think Mead had some promising moments last year when they were put up against the bigger teams. Now, okay, they faded out maybe late on, and and, and that's something that has to be looked at. But you know, they didn't look out of place 
against Donegal for long time, long periods in that uh, uh, Kerry game in Navan, which I was at. You know, I thought that they they showed that there was uh, certainly, you know, that they could live with this level. The, the thing about living at this level and surviving at it are, are two very different things, and I think. The experience of teams that have gone up to Division One uh, over the last couple of years sort of bear that out. You know, I, I'm doing something for the Independent next week on just uh, on on how promoted teams have fared. And and you know, if you go back to this time last year, it was Roscommon and Cavan who went up to Division One, um, and they were roundly expected to come straight back down, and they did. Um, they outside of their, if you leave aside their head-to-head matches, their head-to-head match against each other. It, there was twelve games. They played twelve games and won just one between them in Division One. And now that's a rough common side that have had previous experience in Division One, have won kind of titles or kind of titles, and uh, Cavan have also been in in Division One previously. So they knew what was coming, and they still didn't really make any impact. Um, you know, Kildare a couple of years ago played seven losses, and I think that was in 2018. You know, and they would have a lot of very talented players as well. So. That's the challenge that faces me. And I don't think anyone, just from, from covering the O'Bourne Cup game there the, at the start of December, I don't think anyone connected with the meat setup is under any illusions about, you know, what they're facing into now. Yeah, as we mentioned at the top of the piece there, obviously a lot of new faces were blooded during the O'Byrne Cup. Um, I suppose the, the return of Lennon, as I mentioned there, Don Lennon back uh, from his travels. Also though, Ronan Jones and, and Brian Conlon has come back into the setup as well after kind of walking away, I think a couple of years ago. They're a couple of big guys that they could have, you know, with plenty of legs around midfield and they could be a real boost. I know there's a lot of inexperienced guys being brought in by Andy McEnany and Trolls during the O'Byrne Cup, but the likes of Ronan Jones and Brian Conlon, who have operated at senior club level for a number of years to great effect, they could be a real a real kind of boost to the squad. Yeah, and, and Ronan, I think when he was coming through the, the ranks, he was sort of one of the, the underage players that was touted, and I know he's, he's, he's in the States. He's been in the States for the last couple of years, hasn't he? So, um, look, if he's back and, and is fully involved, that's great. You know, Donald Lennon again, but it, it goes back to a bit of depth. I suppose you can't be expecting 15 or 16 to do all the heavy lifting for you in this division you're going to need a lot more than that between things like injury like like the injury Mickey picked up so look yeah it, it does add a little bit of depth it adds a little bit of experience and all those things will be needed over the next uh, over the next eight weeks or whatever the uh, the league will be played over because then um, again just going back to the record of promoted teams uh, if you go back to 2011 of the 16 teams that were promoted since two, two division ones in 2011, seven of them went straight back down, and yeah. you know that that's that's almost half. And another three lasted just two seasons. So look, it's it, it, you know, and you can compare that to division four. So if you go to um, division four, I think the numbers around the same period. I think only four teams have gone straight back down. So you know, it, it, going from division four to three. So just on the lines, the 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 gap that is there between three and let me experience that last year in the Super 8 as well you know it is a step up and playing in and being in the game for the first 60 minutes and all that they could do that but still being in the game on, after 73 or 4 or 5 minutes is, is, is a different thing again so going back to having those options off the bench yeah it is it's, it's a big boost Yeah we just have to see we, we hope obviously that uh, Roland Jones is back now and uh, hopefully he'll be involved but we talked about the season that they had last year and um, 
getting to the Super 8s, getting promotion. And as you mentioned there, that kind of fade out in those Super 8s games was maybe the, the one kind of thing that people were a little bit disappointed with, even though the performances in the main were quite positive. But what areas, when you look at those games from last year, do you think Mead needs to improve? I know we touched on maybe the spread of scores uh, needed to be shared around a little bit, but were there any other areas that stuck out for you as, you know, this is where Mead are, are falling back compared to the other teams that are operating at that top level? I think I think experience is huge, you know, because holding your nerve in, in in those last few minutes and and having the the confidence to push on and finish the job. Like I think I think basically in all of the games in the sixty minute mark, Mead were right in them the three Super Eight matches, uh, and then by the end of it, maybe you know they they kind of fell away. And there's probably an awful lot of that. I know physically, Mead will feel like they, they've caught up an awful lot of closed that gap uh, on on. To the top teams, which is undoubtedly, you know, sometimes it's overlooked. But when you cover games at the very high, you know, Division One teams regularly, and then you go and see other games, it, it is just the slower pace of a match. If you go down, the, if you slip down the divisions, so I think that's that's very significant. Um, I suppose, you know, and the big occasion as well. It, like, you know, you have a lot of me players there. I don't think there's anyone in the panel anymore or anyone in the panel at the moment that even has a Leinster medal. And it's a long time since you can say that about uh, a me team. So, you know, there, there is a big gulf in experience there to make up. But, you know, these seven games, you know, even no matter how they go, I think in the short and medium and long term, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to let everyone know where the bar is and what the next step is to, to get to the level of these top teams. Yeah, when we look down through, through those fixtures, obviously Tyrone away is the first one, then it's Donegal at home, Mayo at home, so two home games together there, back-to-back, Kerry away, Galway at home, and then finishing with Dublin away and Monaghan away, so we've got you know three home games, four away games. Uh, I guess the obvious thing that people would say is you, you target wins in those home games against Donegal, Mayo and Galway not the easiest ones obviously they're all tough games but do you do you kind of look at any of those fixtures and think that what, what, some of them are more winnable than others and is it as simple as looking at the home games because obviously like the carry away is going to be tough Dublin away is going to be tough is it is it the home games that me they're going to be looking at here to, to try and get the points up to keep them up I think so yeah I think that, that's the, the natural starting point but at the same time you know recently like it, it's going back a few years uh, it was two years since the, the qualifier that agonising qualifier defeat in Navin to uh, to Tyrone you know like I don't think there will be any great element of fear in, in some of those games either you know they can go and give it a they can go and give it a rattle and they, they don't necessarily like I don't think they, they'll be cowed by any of those games mm. um, but I think yeah your, your home games are your, your bread and butter and if you are going to survive those are the ones to take you know you might get lucky too you know the, for example, Dublin are just back from their holiday. They will have had maybe 10 days training before the first round of the league. So if you were monitoring showed last year, if you're ever going to get them, you know, you might get lucky and get them in the first round. That hasn't happened for Mead. But there will be teams like sort of periodizing their training who will be looking further ahead, who will be quite confident that they'll survive in the league without uh, having to pull up too many trees. So, you know, you might just meet a team in the middle of a training block and, you know, I think Mead will be fully loaded for this league from the very start. Now, how that impacts on their championship, you know, we've seen that before. With, if you remember, Ross Common was up a few years ago, and I think they beat Cork down in Cork, they beat Kerry in Kerry, and they made a blistering start to the league. And then the same year, they were almost beaten by New York in New York. So, you know, there is a there is maybe an element of Robin Peter to play, pay Paul, but I suppose for Andy McIntyre and for the team, that's that's a cross the bridge when they come to a thing. I think they're. I think they go all out for Division One and, and try and uh, try and maintain the status because they work so hard to get it. So I, I don't think they'll be giving it up without a fight. 
if you were to, to clutch at straws, I suppose, and you look down through the fixtures, Tyrone have obviously had the issue around Cahill McShane, which has been in the news quite quite recently. Mayo have obviously had their problems off the field with all the financial stuff that's going on. And then you look at Dublin and Monaghan with new managers in place. Now, what difference Desi Farrell coming in to replace Jim Gavin makes will, will remain to be seen. But... I mean, there is a little bit of upheaval in some of those other other counties, where which Meath haven't had. They've had that continuity under Andy McIntyre. They've been building steadily. He's going to be there for another couple of years, you would imagine, if he sees out his, his term. So there is that kind of stability that Meath have been really craving for a long number yeah. of years. And and that's that's one real positive for them. Yeah, and, and there is a, there's a, an undeniable upward curve as well since, since, uh, since Andy has come in. And I think there's been a couple of... Uh, good or decent I suppose underage teams that have been competitive maybe haven't been winning as much as people would like but they've certainly been producing their, their share of, of good players and you, you do feel like there are more options coming into the team now as well so yeah like you know I suppose Mead have sort of listed along listed along for a long time and, and now, there, now there is that little bit of stability I think this is Andy's fourth year um, you know I mentioned the, the physical thing earlier and I think that the shape of the one of the things that struck me last year from covering the game that physically they look in really good shape to meet players. So um and, and as I said, that is as you go down divisions you do notice that. You do you do see the body shapes of, of players change in, in between the between the divisions. Um so look I, I think it's a, they've, they've worked very hard to get to this spot and I think they're going to need to uh going to need to pick up a positive result in the first three games one week three weekends after another definitely need a couple of positive results or at least one I think to, to get the ball rolling and you know you just want to be in the fight I suppose going into the rounds five six and seven and, and to see where it brings you from there and just uh, on that uh, campaign then you, you presented all the statistics earlier on they don't make for great rating from me perspective if you had to put your head on the block would you tip them to stay up or do you think it'll just be a little bit too too much of a tall order for them I can see them. I can see them going into the last couple of rounds um, with uh, with with something to play for, and then from there, you know, anything is possible. Um, you know, I, I think I think if they can get a win in the first, if they can pick up two points, maybe three in the first three matches, I think they can pull it off. But the first three weeks are going to be so much. I think if you come out of the, the third round, which is Mayo and Navin, if you come out of that and you haven't picked up anything, you're in real trouble. But these first three weeks, Dave, I think if, if they can get something there, get two points, maybe three points, I, I, I'd, I'd give them a fighting chance of staying up, I would, yeah. OK, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Just before we let you go, and there's been much discussion this uh, week and in the last few weeks about the advanced mark of how we just obviously going to come in and has been in for the O'Brien Cup and will be in for the league. Um, Jack McCaffrey came out and criticised it. I think it was Conor Callahan or one of the other Dublin players came out during the week and said he didn't really understand uh, the point of it. What's your take on it? Because again, I mean, from what for what it's worth, I I was really surprised that this was brought in when it was brought in, and it's as as Andy McIntyre has said himself, we're trying to discourage guys from going to uh, AFL, but we're actually making our game more more like it. What's your take on it, and what's the you know the the feeling from the players that you've been speaking to about this? Yeah, I haven't got a good vibe from players, managers, really. Um, generally, I think. I think there's a little bit of indifference towards it at the moment because I, I don't think it, people have fully absorbed what it means. Um, it, to be fair, in the games I've covered uh, since it came in, it hasn't been a massive factor. Um, I, I don't like the fact that it, it could possibly stop the game. I, do, I just don't like the idea of that. Um, you know, it's it, 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 at its best when it's played fast and loose and, you know, 
and you know an inside forward catching the ball and taking on his man is one of the better parts of the game that is less likely to happen now um, you know the, the other thing is it puts pressure on referees and you know they're going to have to be counting out 20 metres and whether he was on or behind the 45 metre line in you know in a matter of split seconds and then awarding deciding or whether or not whether to award the uh, award the mark you know it just puts an awful lot of pressure on them I can see a couple of big instances this year where things will be given or not given and we'll be given out about it. Um, look, I suppose in the environment in which this was brought in, um, the game was, if you remember back, you, you know, the, the, maybe two years ago, three years ago, the game was very, far, very hard to watch sometimes and there was an awful lot of packed defences. Now, there's been a natural migration away from that over the last, over the last year since this, I suppose, was brought in. But, it's uh, anything that stops the game I think you have to be or has the possibility to stop the game I think you have to be very cautious of it look it's in now everyone has to deal with it um, will it be a good thing I don't. only time will tell my instinct would be that it's going to be uh, less I, I don't think it will add much to the spectacle of the game that's, that's my instinct at the moment but look we have a very small sample size if teams go after it as well and if they start coaching it you know, automatically uh, and, and start playing for marks that that will have an impact. Or if teams just largely ignore it, you know that would, that will that will tell a lot as well. But no, I'm I'm not. As I said at the start, I'm not a favour of anything that stops the game. Um, so, you know, time will tell. But we'll get a real feel. But going into the championship, we'll have a real idea of what sort of impact it will have. Okay. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I suppose Donald Boyle of the Irish Independent. Thanks so much for taking the call. Thanks, Dave. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport. Your station. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.